Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Football is back, and so is Cash the Ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni every week this fall. That's picks, parlays, and that's sweet, sweet value. Cactus included on all the NFL and college football matchups. Full breakdowns on the biggest games, but if you have a life, you don't have 45 minutes to spare, we've got you. We're the most on-demand podcast. We're catered to you and the teams you love. That's Cash the Ticket. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also heard on the radio here on The Bet in Las Vegas. Thank you to all for listening. Scott Goldbranson, Mo Moten back with you talking Raiders football. In this segment, Mo and I are going to talk about the defense. Yes, look, Raiders offense has got a lot of work to do. They don't have the right quarterback yet. They need some improvement uh, along the line. They need a lot of things on offense, and we'll save that for another show. Today... Mr. Moten, let's get into this defense. This is a big story in the NFL. It's it's a little underreported because the Raiders, they're not in a position where they're dominating or they've already got a playoff seed or they're at the top. Yes, they have a chance to make the playoffs. We know they're still alive, and we'll talk about that too. But this defense, eighth in scoring, they're third in the NFL in interceptions for touchdowns. I found that one this morning. (laughs) Hope you're happy with that one. That's pretty incredible. If you think about this team, and I mean, go back two years ago when they were lowest in the league in interceptions, period, and now they're yeah. they're third in the league in interceptions for touchdowns. So you look at this defense, and of course, you talked about in the last segment, Patrick Graham. Uh, if not this year, he might interview this year. But Patrick Graham, if he continues this trajectory with this Raiders defense. Or you know you never know guys guys also will take lateral jobs if it positions them better for a different job later on. So if Patrick Graham remains no matter what happens with the head coaching position in Las Vegas, um, he's building a nice unit here. We've seen lo- young player development, which to me, by the way, is massive. Like a lot of fans, I think don't see that. They look at players and they think that player is good. That player is good. But in this case, you look at Malcolm Kuntz, what he's been able to do since the seven games. That, uh, since Antonio Pierce took over, Malcolm Kuntz lit, was lit on fire. He, he This is where he had two career sacks coming into the year. He has seven this season, and all of those came since Antonio Pierce has been coach. And Patrick Graham in that defense, being more aggressive. So, so really quick, Scott, that goes to my point why Antonio Pierce deserves credit for the defensive production while Patrick Graham is calling the plays. Yes. I think Antonio Pierce's influence is, is translating on the field and turning into productions, but go ahead, Scott. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. But I mean, you see what's happened with Coons now, Robert Spillane, not as young a player, but still having a career year. We've seen him perform far and above in my view, anything I expected from him. 
You look at Divine Diablo, linebacker, again, that's his position coach, Antonio Pierce. What he's been able to do, you look at the young secondary, while they have their moments, every secondary does, uh, they have come along very nicely, Trayvon. Merrick has had a bounce back season. Epps has been a nice a nice uh, player to place in there. You also have Nate Hobbs. You have Amik Robertson, who still plays very, very well. Uh, I don't know why some in Raider Nation have it out for him, but a good player. Then, of course, you jettison Marcus Peters, who had basically quit and was collecting a paycheck. You bring in Jack Jones. Great move by both Champ Kelly and Antonio Pierce because of their existing relationship. It just seems like, man, for everything that is unknown and inconsistent about the offense with the young quarterback, the defense has gone the complete other direction. This is one of the, to me, Mo, the second half of the season, especially since Pierce took over, this story about the Raiders' defense is one of the best in the NFL. Forget just the Raiders' story. In the NFL, the improvement there is so incredible, you can't deny it. This is where I think the national media, and I say national media like I'm not part of the national media, but <laughs> this is why I think a lot of the national media is blind toward the toward Raider football. Is I think this would be a bigger story if people understood how long it's been, as you mentioned, that the Raiders have had a top 10 scoring defense. Now, I know they were top, you know, near the top of the league in takeaways in 2016 when they had that playoff run. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- this is remarkable considering what the expectations were for this defense. We talked about how the linebacker core was the weak link of this defense. And we was like, we don't, we're not sure about how the defense is going to come together. And then the Chandler Jones saga happened and we're like, Oh, the pass rush is not going to be good. And then, uh, Jacorian Ben didn't come on how I thought he would come on. Trayvon Merrick started a bit slow. So we were thinking, Oh, the Raiders going to have another defense outside the top 20 in yards and points allowed again. And here we are going into week 17 and they're eighth in scoring. The pass rush just flustered and beat down Patrick Mahomes and Arrowhead. <laughs> you got the secondary closing a window so that Patrick Mahomes has nowhere to throw the ball even when he has yes. time to throw. And the linebacker core has been a complete uh, pleasant surprise. So you have to this this should be a bigger story. But again, I think it would be if people understood how long it's been since the Raiders have had a competent let alone a top 10 defense and what the expectations were coming into the season. Because remember, let's go back, Scott. We had people on this show tell us the Raiders are going to only have three to four wins, right? You remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Raiders are only going to have three to four wins. They're going to be a dumpster fire last in the division. Now, a lot of people didn't anticipate Josh McDillon's getting fired and Antonio Pierce <laughs> taking over. But I think even if you had that nugget of information, I think I don't think people would have them at seven and eight with a top 10 scoring defense and possibly in the thick of a playoff hunt with two yeah. weeks left in the season. Right. And, and this is where, and I know fans and, and I, I always take it with a grain of salt because, because I, it, and I, people will get mad at me for saying it, but I'm just going to say it, Mo. Raider fans are very sensitive when it comes to national media coverage of their team. Like they don't feel like they ever get credit. This case is absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Yeah. You just nailed it. You talked about it. They just don't know. They don't understand the context, the historical context of how Raider defenses have been in recent years since 2016. But you look at what they did against it. The Chiefs game is a perfect microcosm of this. There are still people. Here we are going on now almost a week after this game. Well, at least three or four days after this game, half a week. And the narrative is still what's wrong with the Chiefs. And, and while that is a valid question... <laughs> 
Did they forget that Patrick Mahomes is still fourth in the league in yards and he's tied for fourth in touchdown passes? Like for all this talk about they have no receivers and they and that's and oh the the the, the Chiefs just gave the Raiders the game. It, you didn't watch the game then. And and apparently everybody watched the game because it's the most watched Christmas game since 1989. 29 yes, million, by the way, the NBA woke up the next morning with a hangover saying, what the hell happened? Who hit us? Mm-hmm. Because the NFL mm-hmm. just crushed the NBA on Christmas, which used to be the NBA's big, big day. Mm-hmm. So you look at what that defense has did. And Patrick Mahomes, look, he had, well, yeah, his receivers didn't get open. That's because they suck. No, his receivers didn't get open because the Raiders <laughs> played really, really, really good defense. And the game plan Patrick Graham and Antonio Pierce came up with just squashed him like a bug. And so, again, I'm not saying this like a fan, and people know that from listening to the show. So so it, it goes to show you, this is where I get in discussions with people about players sometimes, getting into those discussions about Justin Fields. Oh, he sucks. He, do you watch him? You have to watch the game. So clearly a lot of these people just asking what's wrong with the Chiefs based on the last game should be saying, holy crap, what happened to the Raiders' defense? How did they get so good so fast? And when did that start happening? Oh, it started happening when Antonio Pierce took over. Damn, that's a good story. And it's funny because it's a story I'm writing for Sportsnet right now. But that's beside the point. Um, it's one of those things where you have to look at it and say, this is a story that people should know about because the coaches, Patrick Gray and the players, of course, because they're doing it on the field, deserve so much credit for this. And if I'm Raider Nation, I, I see Raider fans because they are smart finally recognize it and say, okay, wow, how do we keep this defense momentum going no matter what happens with the head coaching position? So during the game, I made that point that, you know, people were asking, I think we made this point in the last show, Tony, uh, Tony Romo and Jim Nance are saying, man, what's wrong with the Chiefs defense? And I said, it's the Raiders defense that's wrong with the Chiefs offense right now. That's the problem. And I had a, I had a good post or tweet on the X. It was uh, X. E-M-P-P-E-E said, that's the tired narrative that really makes me mad. Why is it so hard for the national media to give the Raiders their props when deserved? Instead, it's always, oh, no, what's wrong with the golden boy? And I totally agreed with that. And because and, and it even after the day after the game happened, people talked about the Eagles not looking good in their win. People talked about the Ravens being the best team in the league. And it was all about, oh, no, what, what's, you know, are the Chiefs, no, are they falling <laughs> off the cliff now? What's wrong with Patrick Mahomes? And I'm like, you people don't watch enough Raider football to know that the Raiders defense is actually pretty good. That yes. Patrick Mahomes is going to struggle against a top-tier defense, which the Raiders have right now. And I don't think you're giving enough credit to what Patrick Graham, as you said, Antonio Pierce are doing. As I posted on the X on, on um, Tuesday, I said, we used to, not we, but the national media used to refer to the Raiders defense as Max Crosby and a bunch of guys, right? <laughs> now you have to start mentioning names beyond the 2023 season. You have to start mentioning Malcolm Kuntz by name. You have to start mentioning Jack Jones by name. You're going to have to start mentioning, you know, Meek Robertson by name. If the Raiders resign him, he's going to be a free agent. You're going to have to start mentioning Trevor Merrick by name. It's not just Max Crosby and a bunch of guys anymore. There are some playmakers there. Robert Spillane. So... I would say that the Raiders' defense should be the story, but because Patrick Mahomes is who he is, a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback and arguably the best quarterback in the league, everyone's going to go with the the story of what's wrong with Patrick Mahomes versus, wow, the Raiders' defense is actually pretty good right now. Right, and and not in any – and you're absolutely correct. I, ca- I can't add to that to improve what you said. <clears throat> I will say this, though, that and this is not an excuse for national media, but the Raiders – 
not only as a defense, but <laughs> as a team and as a franchise, with the exception of 2016. And of course, um, when you look at 2021 at the end there, when they made the playoffs, have have been, as as you fans call them, a dumpster fire. And so I think in the media's mindset is they're, the Raiders are the hapless losers. They're not the team from the 70s and 80s. And so that's pre-programmed. And until the Raiders do something to change that consistently, unfortunately, you're going to get this mischaracterization because you got to sort of change people's perceptions. The perception of the Raiders is that they aren't very good and they haven't been very good and they have a million coaches and their owner's got a bad haircut. And that's, that's where, that's, that's what they know the Raiders for. So now, now you see this defense coming along, but it does take, and there are people in the national media who are recognizing it and reporting on that. So again, everything goes back to what we talked about with the young quarterback, with the, with the new coach. It's all about consistency. You have to consistently do it. And then that's how you change perceptions. Now, the Raiders defense has done that over the past eight, nine weeks. Even before Josh McDaniels was fired, we were seeing the progress. We saw it happening, especially that first Charger game. I keep going back to it, Mo. That, to me, is when they started to really put it together, and it's just gotten better and better. So they finish out the season strong, win or lose the next two games. Uh, if they play tough and, and they keep their team in the game, then I think you're going to see that momentum, and they'll be able to finish the season feeling really good about where they're at with their defense. The question then becomes, you look at all this great progress, it's great, pat yourself on the back, you enjoy a little bit, you have a cocktail at the end of the season, say, good job, team. Then what? Where do you improve this defense? I keep saying, and in my research for the story I'm working on, look, you got to get better at defensive tackle. You still need you still need another young linebacker, and I think you still need another young cornerback or, or a veteran cornerback who can come in and play there as well. Do you agree with me on those three priorities on the defense, or what else do you see? I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I agree on those three priorities in this order. I think defensive tackle number one. Yes, Tyree Wilson can play inside, but that's not going to be his full time position, in my opinion. I think you can move him inside uh, on you know on sub in sub packages, but I think he's still going to play a lot on the edge with, along with Malcolm Kuntz. Got to get that full time defensive tackle number one. I know a lot of fans want to keep Adam Butler because he's played well this year as a veteran, but I don't see him as a long term building block. I'm talking building block guys, guys you yeah, he's a rotation to be on the roster. Right. The guys you expect to be on the roster for 10 plus years. So I think the Raiders have to go with a defensive tackle. I would definitely add another young linebacker, though Roberts Blaine is under contract for another year. And I would add another cornerback. I talked about Amik Robertson yesterday. There were differing opinions on Amik Robertson. I said that the Raiders should should resign Amik Robertson. Great. There are a lot of people saying, ah, oh, he's too small. Uh, he's too inconsistent. Amik Robertson has started to look like the same player that was at Louisiana Tech, the ball hawk that we we saw him to be and thought I thought he was going to be a second, third round pick when he came out. Now, he had an injury, which I think knocked him down on the draft boards a bit. 
But we're starting to see that same collegiate player, that see ball, get ball cornerback. And though he may be undersized and disadvantaged against bigger wide receivers, I think you retain him simply because he could play inside and he could play outside. He has yes. that versatility. Yeah. But you would still, in my opinion, even though even if you re-sign a Robinson, you would still draft the cornerback to be that, I guess, full-time guy opposite Jack Jones. While Jack Jones looks like cornerback one right now, yes. you still draft the young quarterback early just to make sure you're stocked at that position. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. And that's that's where a, a lot of folks I've been chatting with have been like, no, defense is fine. We don't need anything. Defense is great. No. Number one, you can always get better. It doesn't matter how good you are. And number two, you it. need depth. You yep. need depth. So so that's what you do. So the defense is now at a position where they've gotten – they have they have some holes, but they also have have answered some questions. We talk about Kuntz and all that, and hopefully he continues that into next season. So if you've answered mm-hmm. some of those questions, you have Tyree Wilson who's developing. We'll see where that goes. So you need to figure out how you strengthen it. How do you get better? Uh, and that's the thing. Just because you're better than you were last year doesn't mean you stop. So so I think that this defense has a long way to go, and can really catapult because the confidence and what they're able to do this year is huge for for development going forward. And and I do hope whatever happens with the coaching position that they are able to retain Patrick Graham and continue that momentum. Now, if they don't, then maybe there's somebody else there who step up. If Antonio Pierce doesn't get the job, which I think is 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 probably slim chances of that not happening if him not getting the job. If he doesn't, though, maybe he, maybe he gets to be a defensive coordinator for the first time. Who knows? We'll see. He hasn't played uh, called plays there yet, but we'll see what happens there. But I really like it. I think you can make it better. I think you draft those three priorities to me. First is quarterback. To me, second is defensive tackle, right? Then, yes, you need some offensive linemen, too, but a little easier to get. You also have some veterans that are going to hit the free agent market, I think, could add to this team. So, to me, it's quarterback, defensive tackle in that order, Mo. Uh, and if you tackle it that way, I think that this defense has has an opportunity to really take a special step next season. So I want to make it clear that we talked about the defense, but obviously, obviously the the main priority is to get the quarterback. That's number one. Quarterback is like the number one priority, and then there's a big gap. And then I would say <laughs> you 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 dress the trenches. Yeah. I would say defensive tackle and right tackle are equally as important right now because simply because we saw, you know, Colton Miller get dinged up this year and Jermaine Luminar is probably not going to be the starter next year. I, I, I would prioritize getting a right tackle. Yeah. I think right tackle, defensive tackle are right there on equal on equal field. And then to me with with guard and running back, because I, I with the way Zamir White is playing, I'm going to tell you a lot of people are not going to want to hear this, but with the way Zamir White's playing and the money, his his modest contract, it's very likely now that Josh Jacobs is not going to be back at a high price tag. Unless Josh Jacobs is willing to accept less to stay with the Raiders because he loves Antonio Pierce and Antonio Pierce loves him. It's a possibility the Raiders move on from Josh Jacobs. So the Raiders are probably going to have to draft a, a running back, but that's not a high priority position. And neither is guard. I think the Raiders should go with a veteran guard. Maybe they draft one still, but those are two positions of need, but they're not as high on the priority list as, in my opinion, right tackle, defensive tackle, and obviously the quarterback position. Yeah, 100% agree with you. 100% agree with you. Okay, we're going to take our final break here on Silver and Black today. When we come back, we're going to talk about, oh yeah, there's a game on Sunday. There's a game in Indianapolis. The Raiders, I think the Raiders have a really great, great opportunity to get their offense 
on track in Indy. How fitting is that? It's the Indianapolis, you know, the 500 track speed going fast, right? So I guess you guys with me on that? Okay. We're going to talk about that when we come back here on this edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast also heard on the radio on The Bet in Las Vegas. We're coming right back.